We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. 
we are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 468. We are brought to you today by Manscaped. We're also brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket. And last but not least, our friends Bet Online. Scott, I am I thought we were done with Next Man Up. I'm over it. That was cute for 2019. I don't need it again in 2020. Uh yeah, it's I'm I can't believe it's happening again. Literally, it's happening almost exactly the oh, same. Yeah. It's crazy. This is this is all of our big stars are now are now down. But um the t-shirts are already made. So you <laughs> know. run it back. Yeah. <laughs> t-shirts are good. Yeah, the Yankee, the Yankees fan shop is loving this, and they just run those next man up shirts out of the Yankee fan shop again. Yeah, it's it's uh it's frustrating to say the least. We we were we were talking about you know we've this is not unique to us. It's literally everyone who talks about the Yankees has said, oh, the shutdown helped the Yankees. They were able to get healthy in the in the spring months. Giancarlo wasn't going to be ready. Judge wasn't going to be ready. Paxton wasn't going to be ready. This is beautiful. We're all going to be good to go for a sixty game season. Two weeks in, three of their best hitters, probably their three best hitters, out. Yeah, look, there's some silver linings here, and I'm 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 I, I'm not putting it on on par to what it was last year by any means. I, like we're not close to that yet. That because, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I I don't think. I think LeMahieu is going to be, you know, we haven't even gotten into the specific injuries, but everybody listening here understands and knows what the hell is happening. LeMahieu is out uh, with a sprained thumb. Like that dude's going to be back probably sooner than later. I would assume he's probably well, they're having be- a second opinion today. Um, and he's had this injury in 2014. Was it uh, 2018? This happened to him, mm-hmm. and he was out from May 14th to, to June 1st, so not that long, two, right. two plus weeks, three weeks, but they're having a second opinion because if it's worse than they initially thought, surgery could be on the table, which would obviously that's bad. keep him out. Keep if him surgery out. were on the table, then that's not a good thing, so the, it's a ligament in the thumb, right? It's a sprained yeah. thumb, whatever yeah. that means, um, so yeah, that that's a big area. I mean, he was trying to hit without the thumb, like the guy, the guy's like, "Can I do this without this? I I will, no problem. I just got to see if I can physically do it." But um, that one, as you know, pending no surgery, then I, you know, I'm not I'm not crazy worried about that one by any means. And Judge is literally already telling everybody he's 100 percent and could play right now. So do you believe that? I, yes, I do believe Judge. I think. I, this still goes to my theory. They just kind of double down on what what they're doing. This is total precautionary. This is just like I'm scared to death of what's going to happen, and we need to him to not be hurt. So any little tiny possible thing, the Yankees are going to play with extreme caution. And that's but what's this this year more than any because they have 28 roster spots. You can hide a guy on the bench for five days if you can't use him. Unnecessary with this roster. That's what we saw this weekend. Unnecessary. Everybody can hit up and down the lineup, up and down the bench. They're going it against some some horrible pitching. They just don't need it. They it's just not a necessity at this point. Um, maybe yeah. I mean, you're probably right because they have uh, outfielders that can plug in and still still do the job. But you, I I don't know if I believe Judge because he's. I think this so. There's a there's a narrative around Aaron Judge that he's injury prone. Like that's just the reality. He, every season he's been in the major leagues, he's been injured in one form or the other. 
whether it's lands on the IL or doesn't. Like 2017, the reason he lost the MVP to Jose Altuve is because Altuve he cheated. sucked. It's because he sucked in 2000 in in uh, August because he was hurt from the home run derby. So if Judge doesn't get hurt in the home run derby, maybe he doesn't suck in August and he hits 59 or 60 home runs and he wins the MVP no problem. So every year it's been something with this guy, not always his fault because sometimes he got you know he gets hit in the wrist in 2018. That's 100% not his fault. It's just you know shit happens sometimes. But don't you think there's a narrative where I need to present to the fans. I need to present my brand. I'm I'm not injured. Like I could go right now. Fans love that. Fans love guys that can say I'm going to go no matter what. Yeah, my calf might be a little strained, but that's okay. I can go out there and play right field. I think that I think that he's going to tell tell us what what is actually happening. Uh, I think Judge is not one time have we seen him spin something or or not. You know, he will be short with his answers just because that the, that's the Yankee way, but other than that I've never seen him, you know, go a, a different direction than than you know what is uh, seemingly honest and truthful about what's going on. He's always been very, very transparent about his, you know, the way he plays, the way he's thinking, the way he's uh, the way he's feeling at a given time. So I got I got no reason. There's no precedent here at all for saying that Judge is is you know just making this a narrative thing by any means. So no, I don't believe that. I do okay. believe that they are extra cautious. And, you know, if you put them at a, a lie detector test, they would say, yeah, okay, it was strained. We had enough to put him on the injured list, but it was also precautionary. Here's the overwhelming bigger problem. Little injuries, little little bumps and bruises now, from, from, from now until the end of time, Aaron Judge will never get the benefit of the doubt. He will never be allowed to play through something. He will never be allowed to, you know, just kind of ride something out even if he's trying to even if he's trying not, not to say anything any slight there's like 80 eyes on him any slight movement or you know uh step in the wrong direction or you know awkward of anything the yankees are going to question him csi bronx all over aaron judge and if they see absolutely anything they're going to shelf him for precautionary and it doesn't matter and that is now a problem because it's it's a it's it's become what the even if he's not injured he's injured well, it's also a problem because you have a duplicate of him in Giancarlo Stan. It's the same thing. A- another big, powerful bat, except Giancarlo makes a hell of a lot more money and is signed for a lot longer term. But it's the same thing with him. Any any little nick, any little bruise, it's gonna it could potentially keep him out for for a month. Yeah, I mean they're just gonna have to deal with that. He's not a he's not as as integral of a piece of this puzzle by any means that Aaron Judge is. Aaron Judge is a two-way no. player, best right fielder in the league, best power bat in the league. Some would say best, you know, up there with the best top five, top five players in the league. So it's it's a different story in my opinion. Plus they have so many guys now that can fill in in the DH spot. Seems like plug in, any plug in. But Frazier, that's not what we're talking forward. about. I, I understand that. The Yankees are still going to be good because they can plug in those guys for a period of time while Judge is out. They're not going to be as good without Aaron Judge, but that's not the I'm point I'm more trying to, to talk about. I'm saying more to Stanton that he's a replace, much more replaceable player than, than Judge is. Okay, but with Judge, it, it is a major issue where I don't know how they can justify giving him a seven- to eight-year contract when you have to deal with this every year. Like yeah. I, I it's if it was up to me and I'm and I'm and I'm just picking based on my emotions and my my love for Aaron Judge because he's in my opinion Yankees best player, the face of the franchise, of course you sign him. But it's not smart business. 
Like if Hal, the, the, Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman and the nerds in the front office. It's still a smart business, actually, because he sells a ton of everything. Okay, but it's not smart business for your baseball team if you have him signed for $30 million a year and Giancarlo signed for $30 million a year through the 2020 decade, and neither of them can stay on the field for more than 20 games. Eric, Boone is talking about wear and tear on Aaron Judge after 20 games after a nine-month layoff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Look, that I, is a big problem, and everyone's blaming the freaking trop turf. Okay, why'd they play him four games in a row if this is going to be an issue? How about DH him two of those games? How about give him one of the doubleheaders off? And also, it's 32 innings. It's three and a half baseball games. <laughs> so he essentially played three games and then an extra inning game, and he's got wear and tear. He had Thursday off, and he had Monday off. So the guy can't play 32 innings in three days over the weekend without getting a calf strain? That is a problem. I'll say this. It's it's a good point that the Yankees not play him in those four games uh, straight if they anticipated anything. And obviously, they didn't. They obviously no, obviously, they did anything. because they gave him Thursday off in Philadelphia for, lo- for load management. So he could play the weekend in no, in no, no. Tampa. But my point is they didn't take any consideration of what the what the difference in the field if it were to affect oh. anything for him. That that wasn't clearly a consideration because they played him four games. I mean, he's talking about playing wearing tennis shoes because of the hard. I mean, it, it is different. It is different. I have said this before with you. It is different. It's like walking on, uh, like walking in a school, uh, a school. All okay. The teachers. Teachers. So then the Yankees should not you, start teachers, him in right field for another days in appreciation, a row. even more appreciation for teachers when they're in the classroom because they stand on concrete floors all day long. That's now that, you got those rubber mats. They put those rubber mats in front of the chalkboard. Uh, Bevan didn't have now it's all mats. on Zoom. Now it's all on Zoom. Now is Bevan doing Zoom meetings? Or Zoom teaching? Uh, not yet. They will be in the fall. She going to be doing that? Yep. 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 So, um, God, can you imagine if you were like, 10 years old, 12 years old, and you had to go to school on Zoom. Like, I I would be the dumbest kid alive. I would not pay attention one second. I mean, I didn't pay attention in the classroom, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but maybe I, I got like different. 10% runoff of like the <laughs> learnings when I was there in person. I'd get zero on Zoom. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, uh, It's not a good situation. But the um, <laughs> we could talk about the education system right now, too, in the middle of a pandemic, if you want. Um, <laughs> the, the injuries yeah. are, look, at the end of the day, look, the Yankees took care of business right now. They need to prepare. I, I, I can't look too far in the future. I just can't because I because I have to see what's happening in front of the in front of my eyes as well. And in front of my eyes, this team is still playing well. James Taxon yeah. has come back two two starts after you know the the um the bad start, bad couple starts in the beginning, and we've seen good Paxton. Velocity's a little bit up, still not where we want it to be. So uh, there are things that are happening. Mike Ford is an absolute beast. Well, he was 0 for 10. He was 0 for 10 before he had that home run on Sunday night or single and then a home run. And he's apparently Babe Ruth, according to Alex Rodriguez. Yes, he's Babe Ruth. Because he had to wait for somebody to get down and now it's next man up. So that's why he's trying. (laughs) No, I I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not necessarily worried about the Yankees in 2020 with Judge is going to be back next weekend. Saturday. uh, yeah, uh, Judge is going to be back, and I think he's going to be fine. So that doesn't that tell you my, something that they're already calling out Saturday as the day he's coming back because it's the first day eligible back. Well, I will believe it Saturday morning when I see him. Yeah, in the I understand lineup. that, but it's but this the fact that they're talking about it now is not something they normally do. Fine, I'm 
I am my sort of discussion with Judge and, and Stanton is more of the bigger pitch picture issue with these two players. And whether it's a minor injury or a major injury, they still get injured far too frequently. But Andrew, here's to, the problem. Here's the problem now for he's in a no win situation as well. He's literally telling you that he could play through it and they're not letting him play through it because they're putting him on the injury list. Hold on, because it's not really an injury. So, you know, I don't know what, what you're supposed to do with that at that point. Well, obviously, it's really an injury. The MRI showed something. That or doesn't mean wouldn't... it's not. So, it's. I mean, yeah, okay. I probably have a thousand of those injuries all over my body right now. But you don't consider it an injury that that's, you know, worth okay. anything. But he's not on the field. So whether it's Judge's fault, yeah. the Yankees trainer's fault, or or just ra- yeah. random bad luck, yeah. he's not on the field. So that's, that's the end result that's bad. Yeah. Can we agree on that? <laughs> For sure. And it happens a lot with Judge. Can we agree on that? It does happen a lot. There's no doubt. So you that's a problem. Can we agree on that? I never said it wasn't a problem. He's okay. a he's a guy that that has has injuries in his past and will always have them in his future. And and that it sucks is what it is. when you're trying to when you're potentially signing a franchise player. So someone's going to sign him. It's if it's not the Yankees it's going to be somebody. So you're saying yeah. that the Yankees can sit back and allow anybody else to give him any contract? That's just not the I I, I don't see that as in a remote possibility. Are are judges injuries going to get better or worse as he turns 30 and later? They're going to get worse a thousand percent. But uh, well, I mean, you could you could look back at these injuries like you just mentioned. Some of them are definitely fluky. Some of them are definitely not actual injuries like this one. The okay, he gets, he's had two oblique injuries in his four and a half years of Major League Baseball. Right, those are concerning. Those are bad. Yes. He Now, this calf strain, whether yes. it's, it's a 1% calf strain or a major calf strain, it's a calf strain for playing 20 games in a row. Like that's, or not in a row, but 20 games so far this season. Like that's a problem. The wrist is not his fault, but it's, it the happened. Wrist, the wrist, the wrist is the is the big one to me. That, that shoulder is not okay. Shoulder was was him running him into a wall, and then doing the home run derby. So it's yes, it's going to get worse because your body gets worse. Yeah, that's it. So uh, I still think they're going to sign him. I still want them to sign him. But but like. I also so understand that the amount of money that he's going to make because it's going to be either them giving him a uh, a contract that's probably worth more. I mean, they already gave him the judges chamber year one or year two. So they kind of showed their cards a little bit and how they feel about him as a franchise player Two, They're not going to allow him to go anywhere else. They can't I, be I, outbid on Aaron judge. So they have two more years this year and then next year of his team control. Correct. Next year is his last year of arbitration. I think next year's is like, yeah. Yeah. So it, let's assume next year is a full season, 162. What if he only can play 100 games? He misses a big chunk of the season for one reason or not because of injuries. That's going to come up in don't contract you, Don't talks. you think that, the, that, that his market price then is driven down? Yes, but... Okay. So you're paying market but, price, well, no? Probably above it. Probably but plus it, it will it will scare the Yankees into potentially not signing him, and I honestly would not blame them. I don't think the Yankees will, unless there's something just crazy. I don't think the Yankees will uh, get to that point. Don't you think Hal Steinbrenner treats the Yankees like a business? He does not run it emotionally. It's well, a business with, with most players. Yes, with most players. I think okay, there are but, exceptions. But what I think he will he might look at is we have Stanton on the books for a hell of a lot of money and a hell of a lot of years. And he is 
the same injury risk as Aaron Judge. I know he's not the marketing that Aaron Judge brings, but why are we going to sign another one of these and potentially deal with every year at the beginning of the year? Oh, if the discussion is going to be, oh, if Giancarlo and, and Judge can stay healthy, watch out for this Yankees team. Well, guess what? They can't stay healthy. They've never stayed healthy. Because because what we're seeing now with Judge as well, this guy has produced, uh, what does he have, nine home runs right now? I think Tatis Jr. just tied him. This guy even when he's out for a week or two, has production over every other player in the league. So the upside of Aaron Judge on the field is immense. That's a gamble, though. Everything's a gamble. And the Yankees have a ton of money to gamble with. It's um, <laughs> you know I don't want to go back to that. It's not my money thing, but at the same time, they have a window where they know they have to win, and they're not going to pinch pennies over Aaron Judge. It's just not happening. Gee. I mean, I also don't want to talk about Aaron Judge's injuries for the next nine years. Well, you you know what? You might. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to. And that's frustrating. I already know. I'm going to be mad about that. I break you if it's not him, it's somebody else. Well, it seems that way with yes. this team. Yes. And yeah. in today's era, there's people going down for injuries way more often now. So get used to it because it's going to happen continuously. LeMahieu did not uh I mean he did not get hurt last year and this is the first injury really with the Yankees and this could it doesn't look like it's going to be major it could be like we talked about but the lineup without those three guys is way different. I know they're beating the Red Sox because the Red Sox are the new Orioles of the AL East. They are so bad. It's not, it's it's I haven't seen anything like this. At least the Orioles now the have like young players that we don't know about that are actually playing uh, hard and doing doing things, you know, that that are uh potentially closer to their talent level. The Red Sox are are yeah, what the Orioles have been the past few years, just a bunch of journeymen except you know, sprinkled with in with 200 like million dollar pr- they're spending 200 million dollars on payroll this year. Yeah. And they have the worst record in the league, not in the majors in the American League. I think the Pirates are worse record than the Red Sox, but it is shocking how bad the Red Sox are. So yeah, the Yankees B team, Yankees C team could probably beat the Red Sox right now. That's not what I'm talking about, though. The pitching. Like, the pitching's terrible. For the Red Sox. Yeah. A- yeah, no, but what I'm talking about is when you are without LeMahieu, Judge, and Stanton against the Rays, who we're going to see this week. That's a whole different ballgame when you're going up against that Rays pitching staff and Aaron Hicks is leading off and Gio Urshela is batting second and Mike Ford or Mike Talkman is batting third, then you have LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton at the top. Totally different construction, totally different feeling. There's no, there's not really any uh, uh, anybody protecting each other. So yeah, it's just a matter of them going out there and methodically taking these at-bats and hopefully getting some uh, some bat to ball and, and wearing them down. They have Tampa Bay Rays... Bullpen does, and their whole pitching staff really doesn't wear down easily. That's the problem. And if they do wear down, they got they got you know five six quality arms behind whoever is struggling at that point, so they can kind of they can nip it. Um, I, look, I, I don't uh, when you're looking at this and, and you're seeing the uh, lineup out there and how they've produced. It's it's tough to worry about it in this in a in a microscope though and, and you know in a vacuum. No, here. I'm I'm not worried even about against, short even term. against a tough pitching staff because they've yeah. done, they've done nothing but shown us that they can handle it. No, I'm not worried about the Yankees in the short term. I still think they're going to be very competitive. And I mean, it might be a tough series against the Rays, but this is going to be a tough series against the Rays regardless. We just saw them lose three out of four over last weekend. So, I, I again, it's more long term with me. It's it's I'm sick and tired of 
having to have the conversation. Well, if the Yankees can get healthy for October, then maybe they'll win the World Series because that's what the conversation has been for the last three years. And that's what it's going to continue to be. And that sucks. That sucks that you have to have that conversation every year and, and just like worry about the health of your players rather than just how they're playing on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. It, you know, it's not, it's not ideal, but it is what you want. It is what you want, Scott. What, okay. I get it. I get yeah, it. I don't know what to tell you. Like we could look into the future and, and like cry about the injuries. I'm just looking for, I'm just venting. Okay. Yeah, I'm I know, just venting. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to see much of a difference if you have other players in here as well. Like you will, you'll see a difference. I just think there's also a trend in in the way injuries are being reported, the way that they're being treated, that and and with the dollar amounts on these contracts, they're just being more careful now. They're being more careful, and people are going on the on the especially now with the uh, ten the ten day. There's a there's a faster opportunity for, to get uh, put them on the shelf and get them back, and it's going to be used. So we saw Mookie Betts sign a 12 year extension, and he's a year younger than Aaron Judge, but they're two of the best, probably the two best right fielders in baseball. Yep. So let's say Aaron Judge's agent next year goes to the Yankees and says, okay, two years ago, Mookie Betts signed for 12 years. Judge is a year older. So let's knock off two years. We want 10 years. Are you confident in signing Aaron Judge from his age 30 to 40 years? Even though he, that's what the market might dictate. He's one of the two best right fielders in baseball. And when he's on the field, he's every bit as good, if not better, than Mookie Betts. But guess what? Mookie Betts plays 155 games a year. Yeah, Mookie Betts is a different type of player. The They're going to they're going to weigh the, um, the positives on the front of the contract like they do with every single long-term contract. And then the negatives on the back end. And if they're happy and fine with eating the back end of it, like they have done a hundred times in the past, mm-hmm. they will do the contract and they will not get outbid by anybody going after Aaron Judge either. Did you did you see Garrett speaking of nine nine, ten years? You see Garrett Cole's comments about the judge injury? This guy's a weirdo. What did he okay, say? The more the more I hear him talk, he's a weirdo. Garrett Cole in the post-game Zoom conference goes, yeah, I realized six outs into the game that Judge wasn't in the lineup. And I asked Gary, I said, hey, where's Aaron? He goes, oh, he's hurt. I kind of love that. He's just so focused on what he's so doing. So focused on the yeah. game. He's tunnel vision. He didn't even know that uh, Yankees' best player is not on the field. Yeah, that's because nothing else matters to him. He just has to execute his pitches. He's weird. That's fine. Don't you in have a great, to, no, you he's have like, to be? He's like a beautiful mind. He's like a yeah, beautiful exactly. pitching mind. Right, right, right. Yeah. And his With voice is insane talent. Now that I hear his voice and know him a little bit better as as, as like the personality, it matches up. Uh, so I, what is like the type of voice you picture for an ace pitcher? Just, just a, a, a different one. <laughs> just a different, well, see, I picked, a different voice. So I, I don't know, for whatever reason, my mind goes to like Roger Clemens, Southern twang. Oh no no! I I don't I don't need that. I just it's just like the, the high pitch noise, the the higher pitch like voice just catches me awkward. It just it was I was not expecting it. Like even though Roger Clemens was not necessarily the best of his career with the Yankees, um, he still like you still was he was still viewed as an ace. So when he spoke, that's sort of like what my mind associated with, like the Why, ace because, because you have I mean. Like I'm that Texas, of, Texas, yeah, you got Pettit, draw. you got Clemens, yeah. you got Nolan yeah. Ryan. Yeah. I think there's just a long history of dudes from Texas who just... For a hoss. Yeah. yeah. Nathan Avaldi. Hoss from Texas. Nathan Avaldi. Is he... But he doesn't have a Southern accent. Uh, no, he? he doesn't. But doesn't he... Uh, wasn't wasn't he 
he's like 30% robot at this point. Who the hell knows? Yeah, it didn't work well. I'm glad I'm glad he's I'm glad he's uh, dropping got him a contract. Yeah, and dropping uh dropping off-speed pitches in the middle of a plate. <laughs> so Garrett Cole pitched 7 innings on Friday uh against Boston. He kind of backed up that short start against Tampa where his pitch count was just over 100 in less than 5 innings in Tampa. He threw 95 pitches in 7 innings. The only thing he allowed was a Alex Verdugo solo home run. He worked out of a little bit of a jam in the middle of the game. He's the only pitcher this year for the Yankees to go seven innings. So Paxton, he his high was six and a third. Tanaka's high was five. Hap last night actually they didn't let him. They didn't let him. They didn't let him, but he looked he looked better. I don't know. Was that Hap turning a corner and looking better, or is that just Red the Sox. Red Sox have given up entirely? Tough to say. Tough to say. I, I'd say that the when I'm when I'm watching Hap and just just focusing on him and not looking at the batters that. He was, uh, he was locating better. Uh, his yep. velocity was up a little bit, but I mean, now if you, so if you listen to a Rod, if well, if he's under, if he's <laughs> under ninety two, it's a problem. If he's at ninety two, good J Hap. <laughs> it's I I can't handle. It's not what a Rod sounds. I can't like. handle. You've done an a Rod impression at least a hundred times in this podcast. I can't that's where you are with him. How bad he is. The um, mm. no, I, I, mean, the I thought he looked broadcast. a lot better. I thought I thought he located his pitches a lot better. I mm-hmm. thought that um, that he just the tempo felt better, like he looked more comfortable and like he was in control. And and a lot of that could be the the confidence again against a really really shitty lineup. The but hey, that's uh, why we, we signed Jay Hap, right? It was the pitch against the Red Sox in the American League. That's right. So, that's man. right. It's it's working out two years later. I also noticed that when he missed, he did not miss in the middle of the plate. Yeah. Where he was always missing in the middle of the plate, which if he throws his fastball in the middle of the plate, but unless you it, look at Gary's glove and the ball's in 20. the middle of the plate every single time, it's infuriating. <laughs> Gary Sanchez, he legitimately glove stole a strikeout from him in the first inning. Yes, because the ball was at the very bottom of the strike zone. It was the leadoff hitter, and it was a strike. And he, instead of just catching the ball and letting the ump see, oh, yeah, that was a strike at the bottom of the strike zone, he jerked his glove up eight inches into the middle of the plate. So the ump's like, oh, you must have picked that thing off the dirt. It was. I was like, wow, what are we I, doing here? I don't know how. I know his framing is improved. Okay. Uh, on the ner- Okay. On the nerd broadcast last night, the ESPN2 broadcast, they were talking about framing. It was just before you switched the channel. So they were was, talking about framing in the in the sense that they talk about in the the way that they know what framing is, and they use it for they use these equations that are false, and they come up with this <laughs> thing that that gets them to this point where they think they're like, oh, I'm gonna be extra nerdy here, and I'm gonna talk about this like uh, everybody else is stupid, even though I'm using a bad equation. Keep going. There's some con- there's some context with the the framing and the, the way the nerds think about okay, it. Okay, but that's what all the nerds look at it like okay. that. So the Yankees nerds right. who are instructing Gary Sanchez to do that glove mo- uh, movement are the nerds that Petriello and all them. They're all on the same page. No, no, no. Those all, are different nerds. All, no, no, they all no, have no. a nerd congress. They all have a meeting. It's a secret meeting of nerds. No, no, they no. Discuss framing. You're wrong here. This I, we've talked about the different types of nerds. The nerd that is teaching Gary Sanchez certain attributes of catching, the way his stance is, the um, framing, those things, that's an ex-athlete nerd who's just trying to like, you know, get the most out of the ability of the player. I don't think so. It is, for a fact. Not framing. He's looking at certain... Yes, it is, because it, it depends on where... It, it, the framing, the way he's framing goes down to his setup as well. It goes down to a lot of the different yeah. areas. They they Gary, put his new catcher Gary's, stance, so on, he's on Gary one Sanchez knee. Gary Sanchez is just doing it 
in a way that looks ridiculous half the time. Yeah. There's no way he's being taught to do that. He's just not good at it. And whatever this new adjustment is, it's to to hit the equations, to hit to hit the framing rate percentages. And and yeah, maybe it looks good on paper, but it doesn't look good anywhere okay. else. Okay, we we noticed that he's doing this this herky jerky movement on television. So if the Yankees front office has noticed noticed this, they and they don't like it, they would tell him to stop doing it. Oh, stop doing it! He's trying to. He can't. Not capable. Got to focus on every pitch. I agree. Framing is. Uh, is ridiculous because we don't know even what it is and I'm sick of talking about it because it doesn't make any sense, okay? And right. I can't wait for robot umpires so we can just stop talking about framing. Is there but a the different framing of the rate matter when is, Country Joe West is behind you? Is there a different framing rate when Angel Hernandez is behind you? No, it's all about fooling the greater umpire. Like the greater to, average of the umpires, it's, it's fooling the umpires. Which makes no sense. To me... It would make a lot more sense if you could have like an overall, we could talk about a whole season if you want, framing rate based on who's behind the plate. Now we can get specific and start talking real things because now that's a constant. Now, even though there's variable within the constant because they're they're all, all over the place, at least we know with Angel Hernandez behind the behind the plate, you can get a lot you can get away with a lot more shit. So Gary can now pick up things off the dirt and frame it and and get, get called strikes. Whereas someone else behind the plate not gonna be able to do that. Did you see him in the pregame when he was warming up uh, Hap last night? He was sitting on one of those exercise balls that in the in the bullpen and just catching. Like you're supposed to, you sit on those for like your posture at your desk or something. You know how they? I know they what you're teach talking that? about. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, yeah like or to like strengthen saver. your core. But he was just all hunched over and slumped over. He was just literally lounging on the on the the inflatable ball. What is that called? Why can't I think of the name of it? It's a, is it not a medicine ball? No, it's not a medicine ball. A medicine ball is small that you like do squats with or throw and this was like one of those large inflatable balls that like you can we just call it an inflatable ball yeah but it has a name and i can't think of the name i don't know the name so yeah i don't know gary sanchez he's hitting again so that's good right like he's he looks better at the plate he hit a home run in three straight days his at bats i think look better i i don't think he's fully back to being prime gary sanchez offense but what we saw in the first three weeks of the season was non-competitive at bats, and at least he's not doing that anymore. I got to tell you, the more I look at it lately, I see him guessing as well. I see him guessing more because he's missing. He's looking at a lot of strikes as as well. He's he definitely looks like he's got a better approach. There's no doubt. He's hitting the living piss out of the ball when he's making contact, which means you know to me the mechanics are better, uh, the balance is better. Like he's just in a better place for that. He's still missing. He's still looking at a lot of strikes. So he's either being fooled or he's just not getting what he expected to get. And he's guessing. So, I, you know, there's so that still could be an approach, though. It could be in the beginning to get confidence back is to. Yeah, to, for sure. Absolutely. It's a real thing. Marcus, Marcus Timms could say, OK, focus on the inner half of the plate. And when you get a pitch on the inner half of the plate, don't miss it. Right. Right. And yeah. just start there. Baby steps. Hit the ball hard on the inner half of the plate and then we'll move. And then you can just start recognizing the pitches and. And, and hitting the ball hard anywhere because I know I've noticed like everything's been to the pull side all of his all of his hits all of his his home runs have been to the pull side and he's a pull hitter right so that's not necessarily like weird like we it's not like Aaron Judge where we see him going to right field a ton but Gary Sanchez usually will take the ball in the outer half of the plate and at least drive it to center field everything's been pull with him yeah I mean that's that's what I think that's what I think is happening in the beginning here at least uh, aim small, miss small. Just trying to get 
to uh, uh, you know the the mechanics of a good place. And I, I think he's doing that. I think there's there's no doubt there's been an improvement for sure. It's just to me when I'm when I'm seeing him take as many strikes as he is, uh, there's something a little still off there for 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 what I'm looking at. Hmm. Support for Bronx Pinstripes is brought to you by Manscaped. We told you about them last episode. They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Scott, you've tried this product. You've used this product. You've used it on your face. I've used it on my face and my balls, and that's okay. Everyone can use their man Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer any way they want. No, I mean, you really should not use it for both, to tell you. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Why? Because it's disgusting. I don't leave the house anymore. Okay. Yeah. You have pubes. In I'm your in mouth. gym shorts. Pubes are in your mouth now. I'm in I want gym shorts. You know they're dripping. What down. are you talking about? They're flying pubes around. They're small micro pubes in your mouth. I right clean now. it off. Not and well first enough. Of all, Not well enough. I go face first, then down. You don't go. You don't start at the bottom and work your way up. You start at the top. Yeah, work but your way the bottom. next time you go after you're done, you clean it. Then this, they also give you a brush. Okay, they, they give, you, give a brush, you a brush. You clean it. So you clean that thing out. I I don't have confidence in your cleaning. To say do you know how. On N sixty four, when you used to blow in the cartridge, and boom, everything's fixed. Yes. I just blow. I just blow on the on the trimmer, gets all the little hairs out, and everything's fixed. Okay. Well, I, I think it's a great product. the The next uh, the the new version of the razor actually does have an LED light, which I appreciate. Um, I don't want to turn the light on sometimes in the early morning, wake my wife up for the bathroom. You know, even if even if it's when there's a little bit of light peering through underneath the the, the door, it can be that blinding like little ray of like a laser beam sometimes in just people's eye. So I use the LED light and it works very, very well. And I can get not my undergarments, but I can get under my chin, under my chin or right in the, in the area that's uh, that's difficult for me to see. And in, in the battery lasts up to 90 minutes. I don't know why you would need 90 minute charge on a razor. You but just don't hey. need to charge it every day. That's the beauty of it. It's true. That's true. Or you, or you just do your whole body. <laughs> you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. And you can also get 20% off plus free shipping with code BRONX20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's an awesome deal. 20% off plus free shipping, code BRONX20. And we're going to sweeten the pot. Yep, we've you know we already got a couple people who have messaged us that they that they've done this to enter for the hat. Why don't you turn that hat around so so we can see? Bam, oh, and the oh, NYC oh, hats with the old school Yankees uh, top hat logo on the Y. Um, those are sweet hats. If you order with our code Bronx twenty at Manscaped.com, send us a screenshot of you ordering, email it to us, tweet it at us. DM it to us, and you're going to enter to win one of these hats. Uh, we're we're going to pick a winner. We're going to give away two of the hats. Two of the hats are going to go to uh, to people who do that. So go and use the code Bronx20. Send it to us, NYC Fitted Hats. Um, they are awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I want to uh, I want to send it to a couple of you guys who are using this. If you're looking for a gift, also go for it. You don't have to be a, uh, you do not have to be a man to use this. You can give it as a gift for the man in your life. Very nice. That was, that was nicely put. Sundays, Sundays, Sundays are coming back to the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. You never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. I just got, I just renewed my fantasy football league, and every year I do the same thing. It's like mid-August, I renew the league, I look at my roster, and I'm like, who are those people? 
You know, I just totally forget. Is it because your team was so bad that you had to pick up a bunch? No, of No, I finished in third. I finished in third place last year. I just every year I just completely forget all of the names except like oh Lamar Jackson. I know who Lamar Jackson is. Right. But everyone else on my team I'm just like yeah, I got to relearn about this guy. Got to got to figure out who I'm going to draft next. Yeah. But if you if you do this deal NFL Sunday Ticket TV, you also get the Red Zone and Fantasy channels. You're going to be all up to date. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use our promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and you get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And the good thing that you pointed out last time, you can use this anywhere on any device. Yeah, that's the thing now. It's uh, The subscription is has changed a little bit, so you can go get that 15% off. Use code BLUEWIRE and get it. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, pretty much everybody in my family is is using it. Uh, I don't know why we waste money on that to watch the Jets, but we do. It's a sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness. My brother's in Colorado, uh, does the same thing, uses it there. And it's, look, it's a, it's a good deal. And then 15% off is, a, uh, is, is definitely a big help. That's actually a big chunk of change when you look at the cost. Yeah. James Paxton, uh, he allowed three runs and six hits over five innings, only two strikeouts. So he wasn't getting, he wasn't able to put hitters away, but he didn't only give the three runs. So I guess you're going to take that. His velocity was still down. I read an article. It was a Q&A with Matt Blake. And he was talking about, Blake was about the velocity, about Paxton's velocity. He says, I still think upper 90s is there. He just needs to work his way there. And he believes the back surgery and the ramp up period is the reason why he's not throwing hard. And, and specifically he was not able to face live hitters in his recovery. He was only able to throw by himself because he was doing this all during COVID. So the fact that he comes back, he doesn't have a spring training. He's working his way back in May and June when there's no live competition so all he can do is throw by himself. It's a completely different ramp up scale as you would even throwing sim games. So according to Matt Blake, which I guess we have to trust, he's the new he's the new resident nerd for the pitchers in town. You you trust says, you trust people until they until they hurt you. Yeah. He <laughs> says he says uh this is the reason why we're not seeing 97 98 miles an hour. I mean, it makes sense. I think we, we we mentioned very something something very similar to that when we were talking about it. That's to me the um, there is something going on from the lower half, right? Like he's not getting that, he's not getting the um, the same launch, the same push that he would normally if you're throwing that high because that that velocity is not coming from your arm, it's not coming from your shoulder, it's coming from your lower half, it's coming from the power place uh, within your mechanics, and those are your legs and your hips and your and your feet and all that. So everything from ground up. So um, that makes a heck of a lot of sense to me, and that's. Look, it's going along the lines of the things that I'm, I've been identifying and looking for, you know, with the spin rate up, but the velocity not. Like, why are they tweaking certain things now? And it's because the velocity is not there because they don't think the velocity obviously is going to be there in the near term. But as he's progressing, you know, they're, they're hopeful, obviously, from what Blake is saying, that it's going to come back. It's something to watch because it's not there right now. And, and it doesn't really... I mean, was the average fastball up? I know he no. hit 95 at one point. No, I think it, it was like it 90. was close. It was very, very close. Didn't I write it down? Ninety two point nine. Yeah, and the one before that was ninety two and change, right? It was ninety two yeah. three or something like that. So yeah. we're not talking about really a drastic increase by any means in the two starts. So um, to me, that's damn near the same. You know, maybe he peaked out where you know one or two pitches, but um, 
I still need to see it up. You know, it's still concerning. I, you know, whether that's the reason or not, and that reason makes a lot of sense. You know, the the conditioning of your lower half is not to the point where it would be if you had a normal uh, off season as well, especially coming off surgery and then yeah, not having the competition, not having a full spring training, like that's a big deal. So he hasn't even reached ninety pitches in a start yet. So what they're doing, I think, with him and Tanaka are they're just get letting him go five innings, about eighty to ninety pitches. I mean, Tanaka hasn't even reached that high yet, but they're just... It's extended spring training for all intents and purposes. Yeah. They have these extra arms in the bullpen. You're going to see Avalon. You're going to see Hale. You're going to see Sessa. You're going to see King. These are the guys you're going to see every start, every game in the middle innings, no matter who's starting, except Garrett Cole. They'll let Garrett Cole go because you pay $324 million. You let him go. But Paxton, he's not there yet. Tanaka, he's not there yet. I joked last night, J-Hap could have had a perfect game into the fifth inning, and they were going to yank him last night. Yeah. they. Well, they, he he got through the fifth inning, thankfully, for for my total. Ding. That's one. That's one. What, do I, what, do I, what did I say? Six? Seven. No, I didn't. I said six. You said seven. I said seven? Yes. Because remember, seven is the new 20-game winner this year. You said seven. All right. Whatever. It's fine. I thought it was six, but seven's fine. Well, you're not going to get to seven. Well, we're at one. We're one closer to we're whatever I one. said it was. Yep. I, I'd say it's going to end at three. Okay. That's that's a, that's going to be a really interesting end of the season for him then if he can only get to three. Look, I, they're, they're, they're going to look for, for length in certain places, but Tanaka and for, for James Paxson, they just don't need to do it right now. This is where they can also take advantage of the expanded roster. They're they're not wearing guys out to a point where right. the the pitching is going to hurt at the end of the season because guys like Avalon are not going to be on the team. Like they they can they can run out the the Nick Nelsons of the of, hopefully then they can run out the Nick Nelsons of the world and the we said uh, that about AJ Cole all the, last year and he there he was at the end. The Avalon they can do these things uh, with, with some of these guys that that are you know just essentially on the Scranton shuttle. But ramp it up, man! Like there's no there's no pressing reason for them to push it. Are they even going to do it in the playoffs, though? Or is their strategy in the playoffs, get Garrett Cole to go seven innings and then get Tanaka to go five and then bring in Chad Green or bring in out of, you know, we're getting Chapman back on Monday. So that deepens the bullpen right there. Now you have four very trusted arms again in the bullpen. Yeah, I know. I think it's more of the, it's more of them getting to a point where you're you're a lot more confident they can get through five, right? Rather than like five being the stretch. So you want them have to have the ability to go seven, uh, you know, physically, and and, and you see the stuff there. But um, in the playoffs, yes, you're probably right. They probably go five, six tops. But five. So I, I think it all depends on where they are. It in depends the on the situation and what the sure. game situation is. But so. Adovino has always been the first guy out of the bullpen of of the major ones, right? It goes Adovino. The pecking order seems to be Adovino, Green, Britain. So now I expect it to be Adovino, Green, Britain, Chapman. I get scared by Adovino when he comes in in messy innings. He's too wild. He's got that slider that Gary Sanchez just can't catch sometimes. He walks batters. He falls behind hitters. I feel way more confident with Adovino starting an inning than I do him coming in with runners on base. So you're saying that they should have someone in between Adovino as well, I would as say if it's in. even if it's the fifth inning and you and it's runners on base, I'd rather have Chad Green come in than I would Adovino. If it's a clean inning, okay, you want to go to Adovino first. I just it's just a, a comfort feel with Adovino, and I think it's because of the control. It's he scares me with his control. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's 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 fair. But when he's on, the control is 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 to his. 
you know, to his, um, to his positive, like it, he works with it. He makes it actually a very good thing, I think. And then that Frisbee, look, the control, I mean, it depends what you're saying by control. Like if you're talking about the Frisbee going three feet outside the, the glove occasionally, uh, then, then yeah, it's a problem when he's on base, but he hasn't really shown that as much. We saw it at the end of last year where he could not, he just couldn't throw a strike, you know, and anytime he was anywhere near the play, he was getting mashed. So he was sort of walking guys. We saw bad, bad out of, you know, and it seemed like that it was a fatigue thing. Honestly, it seemed like he was just like done at the end of the season. Um, and so that's what happened. So he has a, out of, you know, does a 1.08 ERA this year in how many innings in eight and a third innings. That's, that's awesome. I actually don't think this includes last night's stats. I'm looking at baseball reference, but his FIP is 3.14. Also good, but what that shows you is he's getting a little bit lucky. So he's putting runners on base and he's escaping. Escaping is not sustainable. You can't expect you, you can't just as, you can't assume the guy is always going to escape. So that's all, all I'm saying. And he he's five point four walks per nine innings. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of walks. That's a lot of walks. That's that's him. That's him not being. That's that's guys laying off of that slider and not not you know going after that frisbee if they if if you could be a disciplined hitter against out of uh you have a much better chance because he's out of the strike zone quite often he just gets right. swings and misses so i want to go back to paxton for one thing because we got a mailbag from rob he says is paxton tipping his pitches watch the first and third innings of his red Sox start on saturday with a runner on second if he looks at the runner once it's a fastball two or more looks and it's off speed i didn't notice this when i was watching um I there was I saw no mention of tipping pitches on Twitter or any articles written or anything like that. I mean, Paxton has been a guy to tip pitches in the past. He tipped it in Houston, and Carlos Beltran told the Yankees about it. And then in the playoffs, guilty he could have guilty conscious son of a bitch. He could have been tipping his pitches in his playoff start in Houston with his glove movement. You remember that? Uh-huh. So it's not like Paxton tipping pitches from Paxton is a foreign concept. But um, especially when he's so focused on doing the right thing and he's not in his right place and he's just like trying to get he's he has tunnel vision sometimes, I think. And then and then, yeah, he can telegraph it. I, I didn't see this live either. Definitely want to go back and check it out. But um, it it would uh, it would surprise me that that it hadn't been brought up if he was doing it. That's such an obvious thing for even the Yankees to catch. Yeah. That I, I feel like they would catch that. But then again, we've seen them not catch things. Like, remember the the Severino tip? He was doing something similar to this and they didn't catch it. That so. was really subtle. That one, I mean... Until I'm, you saw it and then it was obvious. Yeah, but some of it was... Some of the video we saw was extremely subtle too. But yes, no, some of it, it was extremely obvious also. They um, also didn't pick up on uh, guys banging trash cans <laughs> in the middle of a game. Well, I mean, the more we've learned, the more that they, guys were, yeah. the guys did. They just, it's this sort of don't ask, don't tell culture around baseball where it's like, we don't tell on you, you don't tell on us oh. until you get outed and then we're we're going to rain on your parade. If I were a player, if I were a player and I knew it was happening, like in the moment, it would enrage me. I, w- I don't know I, if I'd I, be able to con- control myself. I think it did. But what we saw instead of them outing the Astros, they just mixed up signs. I don't know. They I think I would fight them. I would. I would want to fight them at every second while I'm playing them. It would. It would fire me up. It, I. I can't control my emotions over things like that when I'm playing a sport. I would. It drives me nuts. 
yeah, you get beat because the other guy's just better than you. Like, okay, tip of my cap. But I get beat because uh, yeah, I get beat on the golf course and I saw you draw. I saw you hit a ball into the woods and then boom, oh, magically appears right there in the rough. Like, oh, how did that happen? Must clubhouse kick off the tree. No, you just dropped that out of your pocket. Yeah, hole, the old hole in the pocket trick. I've seen that one before. Clint Frazier continuing to, to rake. He's now eight for 15, five extra base hits. Uh, I loved that home run to right center field on Saturday uh, using using the not just pulling everything, which we've seen him do. Just um, O'Neill was talking about this the other night where he's locking that front foot to stay on the ball, just keep it simple versus him sort of bailing and trying to pull everything. I saw an awesome stat. Frazier has an 80% hard hit rate this year. MLB averages 36%. Yeah, that's incredible. So, you know, I listened to a lot of uh, a lot of him talking after the games and I was just I was watching uh, as much as I could about him, uh, you know, at the plate as well to to kind of dive dive deeper on what on what's going on there. And I mean, he's already ta- he's been talking about it. He's been very open. First of all, the guy definitely seems like he's grown up a, a hell of a lot. I mean, incredibly different just uh, feeling of of the way that he's saying things, the way that he's talking, the way that he's acting, the way that he's doing things. You can just tell the guy like something clicked, and he's he's realized you know that the um, there's a, a certain way to go about things, and and he's doing that all well. There's been a bit. He he mentioned Chris Iannetta as a guy actually who was was uh, integral in his in him going the other way, and it's not an approach that he's ever done before. He was talking about this. He's always been a pull hitter. He's he's never really gone to the right side of the field, and. Ionetta was was talking to him about you know you know using the plate coverage like if you if you miss and you're going to right field you're still going to barrel up the ball you're still going to make contact it's similar to an approach that Judge has with the you know the plane of the bat being in the zone longer so that even if you are late you're able to make contact and and Frazier's swing and the the quickness in his hands are so fast that even if he's you know late on a pitch if he's sitting back. And being patient, letting the ball travel to him, he's still able to, to like you said, barrel that thing up and hit it hard because he's so freaking fast to the ball, and and it's now going to you know right center field and and center field, and that just makes him such a dangerous hitter if he has the patience and wherewithal and the ability to do that. You know, not not only does he uh, can he hit a, a towering fly ball to left field, but he can go and hit a line drive to right center out of the park. Like that's a dangerous guy. That's a very dangerous guy. So he had, he also mentioned something about um, having a problem. You know, one of the things that he wanted to improve upon was being too fast to the ball and and fouling too many guy too many balls off down the left field line because that's something he does and has done. This has definitely helped him stay back. And now a lot of those balls that he would foul off are either going to center field because he's waiting or they're just staying fair. So it just makes him a lot more of a dangerous hitter and a, and a, a you know a, a much more well rounded hitter as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how he continues because he's been attacking pitchers, pitchers in the zone. They're throwing him strikes, and he's hitting them. Eventually, an adjustment will be made by pitchers, and they're going to stop throwing him the same quality of strikes. And like, what is his plate discipline? Because that's something he struggled with. Does he lay off the pitches out of the strike zone? If he does, he becomes an extremely dangerous hitter because we know he has the talent to hit the ball hard when it's in the strike zone. Like, that's not a question. It's the plate discipline is a question, and the mental focus is a question for Clint Frazier. So what does he do when the pitchers start to make adjustments? And what does he do when he maybe doesn't get a start every day? Because that's also going to happen as guys start to get back. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. That's the um, the sporadic play is definitely going to be a real thing once these guys come back. Knock on wood, they all come back. Um, that being said, the uh, you know he's got the mental approach. I think at this point now to 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 handle it better. He definitely seems like he's. He's matured. Don't he, doesn't he sound like he just needs to come constantly reinforce it to himself? Like he needs to speak it into existence. So he reminds himself, stay calm. Don't get upset if you're not playing. Don't get upset serenity, if you're not starting. Serenity, serenity now. now. Serenity, serenity now. now, Clint. But the, yeah, the fine. I, like whatever the tactic is, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah, works, whatever uh, sports, you know, sports doctor got in his, got in his ear. Great. That's great. If it was Chris Iannetta, even better. Like that's, that's incredible value from, you know, a 40 year old backup catcher, one of three that we have. The, the, um, the other thing that he was, he was talking about, oh, the, what, what you mentioned, um, the pitchers making the adjustment that that's going to be uh, something to to watch over the next this week. Really? I think, I think that, you know, he's been talking about being very happy being in the eighth spot, being down there, just like hitting whenever his time is called. He's going to start climbing up a little bit now that guys are out and we're going against, you know, stiffer competition. Doesn't have the protection. Not going to, he's going to see better pitching. He's going to, uh, he's going to see, you know, pitchers being a lot more careful with him because the lineup is not as deep as it has been, obviously, with two, uh, three of our big guys out. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a, a true test, I think, this week as well, after what he's already done, to, to go against some better pitching and, um, and and see if he can continue it. Because they are definitely going to make adjustments. You ready for eye test versus nerd test? Yeah, Everyone's man. new favorite segment? Let's do it. So the first one I wanted to do was the Yankees with the bases loaded. And I saw a tweet from the 161 boys. They said the Yankees either hit a grand slam or do nothing with the bases loaded all the time. And that is the eye test, don't you think? It's like it's all or nothing with this team. That's not what the nerd test says, though. So including Sunday, they are 8 for 28, which is a 285 batting average with the bases loaded, including two grand slams. Their on-base percentage is not great. I think it is now 300, so I think they have like one or two walks or a hit-by-pitch and a walk with the bases loaded as well. It's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I only remember the Grand Slams, which makes sense, but I remember them just leaving the bases loaded so frequently over the past couple of weeks. There, uh, I think Frazier hit a two-out uh, a two-out double, a uh, base hit, whatever, and, and I think it was just a base hit, scored a couple runs. Um, with the bases loaded, so yeah, I think before the the last couple of games, it's and and the overall theme of this team significantly. When I see that batting average, if we if we can use that because it's a convenient stat in this instance, then cool. But the um, I would I was I'm definitely surprised that it's that high for sure. Yeah, because you I'm you, you think that it's home run or nothing for a lot of times. We just haven't seen that many. Although recently we've seen a little bit more of it. Yeah. And then the next one, it was a suggestion from Jason on Twitter at A525Jason. It says, random topic for eye test versus nerds. Voigt's defense this year has looked really good, but I'm sure there's some stat that says he's ranked like 28th of first baseman. So the eye test is, oh, Voigt's trimmed down. He lost some weight. New man, new defender at first base. Nah, well, sorry. Small sample size alert with the defensive metrics, but he's minus two DRS and minus 9.3 UZR 150. Last year, he was minus 12 DRS, minus 11.9 uh, ultimate zone rating over 150 games. It's it's normalized to 150 games because, again, these are small samples. Mm-hmm. So, no, Voigt's still a below average first base. He's better, though. It's better. Those numbers look better. Although, you can't do anything with no, sample size. They're not better. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, 
they so okay they're, good so they're essentially the same they're the the drs is so drs the more time he plays the more negative drs he's going to accumulate okay so that's just so, a, that's just a, a a gross number essentially yeah so he's probably going to be like minus eight this year which or minus five this year which over a full 150 games will be minus 12 Got he it. is no better than he was last year okay um he's better he's better I mean, the eye test says he's better. Yeah. But the nerd test says he's just as bad as he was last year. Right. And this is the nerd test that, one, you identified in the notes here with an asterisk saying, hey, sample size, sample size, sample size. Yep. Because that's a thing. Oh, and then also it's not really one of the good stats either. Uh, the defensive metrics are, are not bulletproof by any means. So, so I, when I'm looking at him, when I'm looking at him, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing him screw up. I'm not seeing his him get uh, you know tripping over his own feet. I am seeing him pick some uh, a few balls. So how about that? How about that uh, that Paxton uh, ball when when uh, the glove was off? Glove got knocked down uh, off of uh, Paxton's hand. Paxton goes over to the to the side of the mound, picks it up off balance because there's no weight of the glove, which is funny but a thing, and throws it in the dirt 100 miles per hour. For, for some reason, he was able to ramp it up there. You know, it was probably 92 point uh, <laughs> and. Um, and and Voigt made a very nice play and picked it up. So what I saw was a, a solid uh, solid defensive play. Okay. Well, on the Nerdcast last night, ESPN2, Petriello explained why the defensive metrics are not high in the Yankees infield, mm -hmm. and specifically Gio Urshela, because mm -hmm. he's a guy that you would say, I test tells me, that's a gold glove defender. Like, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He makes all of the plays He'll that... Know, it's going to be very difficult for him to get a gold glove. Well, he makes the play like he, he makes the plays he gets to, but there's a lot of plays that he could get to that a lot of third basemen get to that he's not getting to. So defensive metrics are measuring you to your peers. If your peers are getting to balls and you're not, that's negative reflection on you. I hear that. And I definitely I understand what that is. There's there's also I and I know there are there are some newer metrics, right? I, I was listening to the I listened to the nerds nerds for the last four you gotta admit it's better than the a-rod vascurgeon broadcast that's that's not fair <laughs> I, I i don't like a-rod so you know like you putting but, up anything against a-rod and i will probably agree with you that said i can't handle eduardo uh nunez or not nunez <laughs> uh what's his last name Rod Why can't Rodriguez? I think of it? No. eduardo's perez perez thank you i can't handle his voice it drives me nuts it sounds like he's gurgling marbles <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and Petriel, Petriel talks like this. All oh, this is what he's Petriello really fast. Like, yeah, oh, it's simple size. So no, there, there are, there are two bad broadcasts, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I'm picking. I just wanted to see both of them to to gauge what was happening. I can tune out the ESPN two broadcast a lot easier than I can tune out A Rod because for whatever reason A Rod just sticks to my eardrums. Well, here's Even the thing with I'm the A Rod broadcast. A Rod just recycles the same five bullet points over and over again. And they just did a Yankees Red Sox game two weeks ago on Sunday Night Baseball. So it was literally the same content coming out of A Rod's mouth. And it just gets tiresome. So that's why I like liked something a little bit different. They need to improve the nerd cast, but I think it was better than the regular ESPN Brown. Maybe you combine them. How do you think A Rod would be with the nerds? Like if 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 you put A Rod on he's, the he's nerd too, broadcast, he's too Ron Burgundy. Look at my you know teleprompter. Uh, he he needs a he needs words maybe, in front of his face. Maybe that's would be good. Maybe that would be a nice balance to the nerds. Maybe they just take that stuff away and see what A Rod does. Let's put him in 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 like a you know an element where he's not prepared and he just has to talk baseball. 
honestly, I think he would be probably at his best if that were to be the case. He may shit all over himself. A rod on entertaining as well. But at the same time, at least like let him see something and then react to it would be so much better than the canned responses that we get. Back to your back to the the, the quick um, stats. When we're looking at defensive metrics, explain this to me, please, and and to everybody listening. They've adjusted some of these defensive metrics, correct? To to also now well, include yeah. um, the the um, the 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 ball, the velocity, the exit velocity of the bat, how hard the ball was hit, and like different things like that. Because a lot of times that the the early defensive stats were not considering certain things. They were really just looking at the player and then the peers, but not considering the elements of what was happening. Is that is that accurate? Well, I think that's it's like anything else with these stats that the more data that's collected, the more, the better and more accurate it gets. So as the league is evolving and they're seeing exit velocities around the league go up, I think it's all into the sort of consideration of the formula, but ball, I don't know enough about it. Left, to, a ball three steps to my left. That's hit 113 miles per hour or a ball three steps to my left. That's hit 98 miles per hour. Or two very no, different yeah, No, that's, that's factored in because it's, it's so there's something called expected batting average. So based on launch angle and exit velocity, what is your expected batting average? And on a, on a lot of balls, you know, it might be an expected batting average of 540, but the guy picks it and it's an out. So in these advanced metrics, that's a positive for the defender, but it's also a positive for the offensive player because you did everything right. You hit the ball hard. Right, that's what you're paid to do. You just ran hit up the to, ball you hard. Ran up against a good defender, a guy who made a good play, or you hit it right at somebody. Yeah. So, but if you hit a ball off the end of the bat, sixty-six miles an hour off the bat, and it just happens to dunk in, or the third baseman can't get in early enough and field the ground ball, well, that guess what? That's a hit in your hit column, but that's not something that the defender necessarily should have made, and that's not a high expected batting average. So that's kind of works against you in some. Let me ask you senses. a question. If we had Gio Urshela playing third base when Scott Brosius was playing third base, or let's just say he was the third baseman of the 1990s, and we yeah. we looked back on Gio Urshela and the current de- exact defense he plays right now, uh, one, does he win multiple gold gloves? That's the first question. And then two, are we looking at him as like a Mike Schmidt type of defender in, no. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a vacuum when we look back in history is talking about it? I don't think so. He's uh, He's... This is what I think people, why people love Gio Urshela's defense so much. Because the year before, we watched Miguel Andujar. No, Butcher, no, no. That's completely out of everybody's mind. That, that no, it's not. It's, it I'm is, not, I'm not it is all Andujar relative. Bullshit. We just watched Andujar no. be the worst defensive third ago, baseman. Dude. Two years ago. And then Gio was the next year. I'm watching it went Gio from Andujar to Gio. I'm watching Gio last week in the plays he makes that are... that are, I'm not I'm not thinking about Miguel Andujar. That is, that he's is, a he's a that is selling good. everybody else way too short in what they're looking at. It's not. It's impo- I don't believe it. It's impossible to figure out like what the defensive metrics were on the '90s. I know. I'm not fielders. talking about we the don't know. metrics. I'm talking about perception. Throw away the metrics today. You're looking at what he's doing. Be objective about this. He is making every play. He's making some great plays, highlight reels. You're not seeing him screw up. Doesn't really make many errors. All those, that's what was really, you know, yeah. The, if the you don't make errors, if you didn't make errors, if you didn't make errors in the 90s, you won a gold. You had club. to win, you had to make some highlight reels. You had to be a guy that you had to have web gems. Yeah. That they were not called web gems then, but you could call it. They had to, you had to, yes, make, they were. You had to make twib. <laughs> you had to, you had to make web gems. 
Web Gems was the thing in the 90s, wasn't it? Early um, 90s, I don't Sports think so. Sports Center? Oh, early 90s. No, I don't no. think so. I think Web I Gems three. came on like Baseball Tonight. Uh, whenever Baseball Tonight started, I don't know the history of ESPN and their baseball uh, broadcasts. The The thing is, my point is, is that history would look at Joe Urshela much differently if he was in a different era. I mean, you could say okay, this about a lot but, of things, but the but defensive metrics are- We've are, learned since then. Like, the we defensive have metrics more are pointing now. out are pointing out things. Uh, it's more of a range- than anything else is that is that fair to say that his range is the is his biggest deficiency based on the metrics is that what hurts him yeah the most? yeah i guess it would be like getting the balls he that he should on the field it's yeah it's range and and first read off the bat and, okay. and positioning comes into this too so that's why another thing like it takes uh, thousands of plays to for defensive metrics to normalize every 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 batter is shifting here was a great nerd stat from last night i don't know if you caught this i gotta i gotta find probably it. not so dj lemayhu has not faced a shift since 2016 i love that good the more dj lemayhu's please yeah and that's why it's so difficult to do. We talked about this what a couple episodes ago. We were acting like who's gonna, what's gonna be the the progression? Is it more DJ Lemayhews or more of these guys with launch angle? And I that that just shows you how difficult it is to do what DJ Lemayhew is doing when nobody is shifting on him. Like yeah. he's he's that he is that um, that gifted of a of a guy with the bat in his hand that he can put the ball anywhere and everybody and it's and it's honored by the defense. So yeah, the, I even like feel a, a little silly bringing up these defensive metrics, and I don't use them to say it's the end all be all. But I think you have to take it in context, and you have to say, are we happy with Gio Urshela at third base? Yes, but also, can we not call him the the best defensive third baseman in baseball? Because that's not what he is, and some people treat him that way. But it's just factually inaccurate. Okay, I don't think anybody actually was that. I'm pretty sure that Matt Chapman is that guy. Like, there's there's a couple of guys that are clearly above. Right, but him. Matt Chapman was like second in errors behind Anduhar two years ago. I know, but when we're looking at um, the what people think, I'm telling you, popular opinion, he's still number one, still the guy. Yeah. No, no, I know, but so, but the 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 defensive, uh, uh, the infield defense overall, especially without Lemayhu, is questionable because Glaber's been. Bad. Did you say without LeMahieu? Because DJ, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, because um, Tyler Wade is an elite defender. Okay, but Tyler Wade's not, uh, he's not the starter. You're never so going to no. see any defensive metrics that are going to be worth a damn on Tyler Wade because he doesn't play enough. No, no, no but, but I'm, I'm not saying, watching him I'm not there, talking about Tyler Wade's defense or not. I'm just ta- saying that like DJ LeMahieu is the best defensive infielder on the starting lineup. Okay. Tyler right? Wade, I'll be, I'm going to be very honest with you. Tyler Wade's not that far behind him if he's there. On the starting lineup. On oh, the starting saying, lineup, yes. Yeah, so like you have him at second base, and he's the best defender in the infield yes. in the starting lineup. And then you have questionable pieces at shortstop and first base, and you have, let's call him a slightly above average defender at third base. Gio? Gio? I'm calling him an above average defender. I'm not, I'm not using the word slightly. Okay, well, defensive metrics say otherwise. Yeah. Anyway, piss off nerd. That was eye test versus nerd test. Um, thanks, Jason, for the suggestion. If you have a suggestion, tweet at me, and uh, we're going to continue this. Uh, hopefully, every episode. All, just quickly, week. though. All that being said, like, yeah, DJ is the best defender in the starting lineup for sure. But when you put Tyler Wade in there as the guy coming in for the best defender, he's also the best defender on the infield when you put him in there. He's that good. He's that good defensively. Probably. And range. Probably. We're talking about range. Like that dude. 
I mean, range is stupid there. I mean, he may have better yeah, range than DJ. There's no defensive metrics on him because he doesn't play. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's impossible. That's all I test on on Tyler Wade. And just yeah, and then also coming up and knowing what his pedigree was. I mean, he was he was always you know deemed as one of the best shortstops in the in the uh, in the in the program. So it's funny. I think I had this conversation with Dan Zimborski a while ago, and it was about Gio Urshela actually. Is it a chicken or the egg thing with with offensive players, with uh, position players that can't hit? If they can't hit, but they make it to AAA or the majors, you just assume they're de- they're defensive wizards because why else would they be there? Uh, and they're not hitting in the minor leagues either, or they're just like they don't. Maybe they hit okay, but they just project as like. You know, if you make it to the majors and you're um, a utility player, right? You just assume, oh, that guy must be awesome with the glove or else why would he be here? Because he's clearly not a good enough offensive player to start. But that's not always the case. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob Refsnyder is a good I, good example of that, actually. Refsnyder was, could play multiple <laughs> positions, but was way more well. known for the bat than the... He, was, he came up as a utility guy. I mean, he played the outfield, played second base played yeah i'm not talking about i get i I really am talking so it was specifically gio urshela we were talking about where he worked his way through the minors and he never hit in the minors really he didn't hit with toronto he didn't hit with cleveland he got dumped from teams and then the yankees pick him up oh this is a guy that's just sort of bounced around he's 27 years old he's bounced around he must be a defensive wizard we know he can't hit I but mean, that's uh, not defensive. It doesn't necessarily need. I see what you're saying here. You got to weigh one side. I mean, you got to be significantly. If you're not hitting, you got to be able. You got to be right. competent with the glove for sure. You got to do something to to bring value to right. the table. If you're not hitting, it yeah. must be defense. And guess what? How many how many defensive metrics we uh, picking up in the minor leagues? A lot more eye test down there. Yeah, well, they're starting to. A lot of minor league facilities are starting to get outfit with like these advanced cameras to get better yeah, metrics. And I think it's going to, that's going to obviously be the next evolution of player development and player evaluation is no hiding. A, a val- no hiding. Evaluating these minor league players in the same level that they're evaluating these majors. Yeah, it's expensive to do that. So we'll see what happens with minor league baseball next year and, and how much funding there's going to be to put in all these cameras. But. I mean, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, yeah, oh, the Red Sox, this is something they that, can do it. This is but, something that there's actually a distinct advantage when you talk about the, the teams that have more money or more of a commitment to the technology and actually outfit some of these teams. Distinct advantage over over some of the um, smaller market teams because they but, can identify. What if you're the Rays? Do we sign a player for $12 million or do we outfit our minor league facility with, with uh, advanced cameras? Yeah, it's an interesting, it's, it's certainly an interesting, what's going to give us, what's going to give us better value? Probably, probably the cameras. Most likely, unless you hit it, the, the percentages will tell you that you'll have more opportunities to find better players. The, the other thing about that is that when, when uh, teams are coming into your facility, guess what? Now you got them on. Now you got recordings of all those players as well. Whereas some of these smaller market teams that don't have outfit, uh, outfitted, um, you know, stadiums or fields, don't have the same data yeah all right that's that's i'm i'm late (laughs) i gotta go uh thanks guys for the submissions um reminder about the coffee bronx code bronx for 25 percent off i saw eric ordered thank you eric uh for for doing that also go check out manscaped code bronx 20 gets you 20 percent off and check out nfl sunday ticket.tv code blue wire scott they're gonna sweep the red sox tonight yeah they're definitely gonna sweep the red sox it would be it would be it would be an embarrassment if they didn't and let's see how this team does you know this is going to be a big week i think for for um what they're doing tampa then the mets huge it's, it's a huge week let's see how the uh, next man up lives 
All right, we'll talk to you Thursday. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Sports are back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action and there's no better place to start wagering than with our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets you can bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. It's actually very, very interesting because all of these sports obviously are playing without fans. You might not think it's a huge adjustment for some players, but it really is. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.